Thank you for watching today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, scan the QR code right here on your screen. You can also find them on our app. Today we're starting The Power of God, a series on healing. The Bible tells us God is our healer and our redeemer, and that Jesus went about preaching, teaching, and healing everywhere he went. We can believe in healing, but are we believing for it? I recently heard this story that says, once all the villagers decided to pray for rain, and on the day of the prayer, all the people gathered, but only one boy came with an umbrella. Now that is faith. When it comes to healing, we have to be the one who brings the umbrella or who speaks to their sickness because that is believing for healing. I wanna share with you on the subject of healing. Now, I am not planning on saying anything that I have not said before. Uh, but, but as Peter said this, he said, I want to remind you. Now, it, it's not what you've heard that just makes the difference. It's what you've got working in your life. And so often there's things that we've heard that, that aren't working in our life. And, and when it comes to healing, very often we believe in it, but we're not believing for it. And there is a big difference between believing in something and believing for something. So, so I want to start in Isaiah 59, and I just want to read a couple of verses. It says, Behold, the, the, the Lord's hand isn't short that he can't save, nor is ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sin has hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. I believe one of the things that the devil comes and tells people today is that you're just not good enough. You did this. You did that. Uh, he comes and he condemns. The Bible actually gives, one of the names the Bible gives to Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren. And, and by the way, if we were to look at your performance or my performance, we would not qualify because you don't qualify based on your performance. And one of the things we need to understand is there is this huge difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In fact, in Timothy, it says this, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Doing what? Rightly dividing the word of truth. See, there is a huge difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Everything changed when Jesus came. So in the Old Testament, your sins, your iniquities, they separated you from God. Second Corinthians, New Testament, chapter 5. Um, why don't we start to look at the 19th verse? For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he's given us to tell others. Now listen, most, I don't say most, many churches do not have that wonderful message. They're telling you, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. God's mad at you. I grew up in a church 
where, where we thought, I mean, in fact, I remember going down our street. I, I grew up probably two, three miles from here, East Omaha Street. I remember driving down our street on Sunday and there was somebody out cutting their grass. And my parents, I, I, this is what they said. They said, they're going to go to hell. They're cutting their grass on Sunday. And somebody else was washing their car. And they said, they're going to hell. They're washing their car on Sunday. It was based on performance. And not only based on performance, but God's mad. And God's up in heaven waiting for you to just step out of line. And the second you do, God's going to get you. Right? But the Bible says that he is no longer holding men's sins against them. In the Old Testament, God held men's sins against them. In the Old Testament, God treated people completely different. But what he was waiting for was for Jesus to come and to pay for every sin of every person, right? And God is no longer holding anybody's sins against them. Now, well, the devil will come and tell you, you don't qualify. But it's a lie from the pit of hell. You do qualify. Not because you're so good, but because Jesus qualified you. Jesus qualified you. So, so what do we do today? In fact, let me just say this. Um, as you read your Bible and as you study your Bible, you're a New Testament believer. So you should spend most of your time in the New Testament. All right. Um, and, and, and it's all right to preach from the Old Testament, but you have to do it in light of the new. You've got to do it in light of the new. So spend most of your time there in the New Testament. You say, why? Because you're a New Testament believer. And this is written to you. Now that God is no longer holding your sins against you, but has blotted them out. So Hebrews chapter one, verse one, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So today... God is not speaking as he did in the past through the prophets, but he is speaking to us through Jesus. He is the express image of his person. He is an exact representation of God. We can say it this way. Jesus is perfect theology. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. He is perfect. He is an exact representation of God the Father. Now, I know people who think, well, you know, Jesus, I can go to Jesus, but God the Father, ooh, he's big, he's bad, and he's mad. No, 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 no. Jesus is an exact representation of God the Father. So he is perfect theology. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee preaching in their synagogues, teaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. 
Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed and epileptics and paralytics and he healed them. So what did Jesus do? He went about teaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing. If you will look, Jesus spent his time preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching, teaching, and healing. And what was he preaching? The gospel of the kingdom. And part of the gospel of the kingdom is healing. That's part of the gospel of the kingdom. Now, 17 different times, if you look at the four gospels, you see that Jesus healed everybody, right? So I believe that the number one thing that you have to believe in, the, in, in your journey to healing, number one thing is that God wants you well. In fact, I know this is true. You've got to believe that God wants you well. Now, you cannot believe some, for God for something that you don't believe is his will. You simply can't. Now, many times people pray prayers like this, Lord, heal him if it be thy will. That's a chicken prayer. <laughs> You're covered no matter what happens. Right? But faith begins where the will of God is known. The Bible says over in James, you pray the prayer of faith to bring healing to the sick. And to pray the prayer of faith, you have to know what the will of God is. So the first thing we need to know is God wants me well. God wants to heal me. Now, you cannot resist sickness if you think God sent it. And you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. The Bible, again and again, in James 4, submit to God, resist the devil. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him, steadfast, in the faith. Now, to resist the devil doesn't just mean to resist a temptation to do something wrong. It also means to resist his works. John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now, it wasn't God who had sent the sickness. It was the devil. And when you resist the devil, one of the things you resist is you resist sickness. You tell sickness, you have no right in my body. You must go from my body. And again, you need to speak to it. Mark 11, verse 23, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed. You need to speak to that mountain of sickness and you need to tell it to leave your body. And you need to believe the things that you say will come to pass. 
and not doubt in your heart, Jesus said. And listen, if all you're doing is watching a bunch of television programs about what's happening at the hospital, I guarantee you, you are going to doubt in your heart. Now, if the doctor says, hey, this is your disease, and, and, and you go get online and you find everything out about that disease, see, you don't need to find everything out about that disease. You need to find everything out about the Bible says about healing. All right. If all you're doing is filling your mind with the negative instead of the positive that God tells you what's going to build your faith, you need to, in fact, the Bible says to resist. It means to actively fight against, to actively fight against. Now, well, whatever God wants, you know, you, if that's what, listen, and I don't mean to be mean. But if that's your attitude, all you're going to get is the best a doctor can you do for you or you're going to die. Because the Bible tells you to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And I, I didn't think that would go over very well, but sometimes we just need to get shaken up a little bit. All right. If you believe it's God's will for you to be sick, you will not resist. You will not resist and you cannot be passive, right? You, you need to resist. You need to actively fight against third John verse two, beloved, I wish above all things that you would be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. See, God wants you to be in health in that prayer. Lord, if it be your will, heal him. It's like having a badge that says, I don't believe. It's a badge of unbelief. James 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man, he's unstable in all of his ways. If you look at Luke chapter 10, it says, Jesus speaking to his disciples, that this is you and me. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, I love this. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. Not converts, not just people on their way to heaven, but disciples. This is for you and me as much as it was for those 12 disciples. He says, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm or hurt you. Say, babe, you got a Bible down there? Would you find me Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21? Now, Matthew 10, uh, verse 1. He called the 12 together and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. And then he said, go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. He says, freely you've received, freely give. Now notice that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Healing is part of the kingdom of God. Now, Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurable more, 
than we can ask or imagine. You know, and it's amazing how many of us, we read the verse and yet that's God. That's what he can do. But the rest of the verse says, according to his power that is at work in us. Now you understand it's his power. It's not your power. But where is it at work? It's in us. It's in us. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. I give you power. And so often we're thinking that it's someplace else. But that's why it says over in Romans 10, don't say who's going to ascend into heaven to get Jesus to come down or who's going to descend into the abyss to get him to come up because the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, even the word of faith, which we preach. So that power is at work in us. Next verse. To him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. How long is this true? Throughout all generations. This was not something that was true in the first century, but it's not true for us today. Some of us that are here today, you were told, well, all the miracles stopped when the last apostle died. Or all the miracles stopped once we received the Bible. But that's not all what the Bible teaches, right? It is to all generations. And of course, in Jude, the third verse, the Bible tells us the same thing, that we are to contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. So the faith, what Christianity really is, was delivered once. For who? For all. So it's not first century and then everything else is different, right? What we find in our Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts, that's for us today. That is for us today. Of course, Mark chapter 16, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. I, I remember 30 years ago, I was talking with a pastor and we were talking about these things. And uh, I, I said, you know, the Bible says to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. He says, well, I don't believe that. And I said, well, don't worry. You won't have any in your church. <laughs> because these signs follow them that believe. They don't follow them that don't believe. Right? They follow them that believe. And Jesus starts the list with they'll cast out devils and ends the list with they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, let me just take a, a little side note here. Uh, notice it says they will recover. Uh, almost what everybody wants is instantaneous. Instantaneous is a miracle. Not saying it can't happen, but most of the time it's a recover. In, in, in fact, that's why we talk about it as being a journey. Because most of the time, it's not just snap your fingers. It happens, absolutely. But most of the time, it's a process. It's a recover. You keep the switch of faith turned on. Now, it doesn't matter what it is that we receive from God. James chapter 2, verse 8. By grace, you have been saved through faith. Everything comes by Grace. And by the way, it says by grace, you've been saved. 
the word sozo, right? Which means saved, healed, delivered. Not just die and go to heaven, which is what we tend to think it means. But that's not what it means, right? It means so much more. But everything is by grace. Grace is what God has done for you and for me that we did not deserve. Grace is everything Jesus purchased in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. That's what grace purchased. But how do we receive it? Through faith. Uh, this is, I believe, the reason that sometimes when a person is first saved, they seem to receive more answers to prayer, more supernatural things happen than when somebody's been saved for a while. Because the, unsa the, the person who just gets saved, they understand, I don't deserve this. They receive it by grace. But then somebody comes to me and says, I just don't know why God won't heal me. I pray, I go to church, I tithe, I sing in the choir, and I work in children's church. And I don't understand why God won't heal me. Well, I do. I understand why God won't heal you, because you're trying to earn it. And you can't earn it. Not of works, Romans 4. Least anybody should boast. You can't earn it, but you can receive it by grace. That means it's something you don't deserve that God did for you. And you can receive everything that was purchased by grace through faith, through faith. So we don't earn it. It's by grace. Again, Romans chapter one, verse 16 says this, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God to salvation, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the gospel of Christ, the good news, literally, the gospel, uh, it's interesting, it's only used two times in secular Greek literature that we know of, except for the, the Bible. It's only used twice. And some people just say it's good news. And that is kind of, but it's actually such good news, it's almost too good to be true. That's what the gospel is. It's such good news, it's almost too good to be true. All right? So the gospel of Christ, what Jesus did to you, for you, in his death, burial, and resurrection, it is the power of God. So we need to know what it is Jesus did for us in his death, burial, and resurrection. It's the power of God to salvation. I have here the notes from the Schofield Bible on Romans 1:16. This is what he said. He said, the, the Hebrew and Greek words for salvation imply the ideas of deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. Salvation is the great inclusive word of the gospel, gathering into itself all the redemptive acts and processes, justification, redemption, grace, propitiation, imputation, forgiveness, sanctification, and glorification. 
So when the Bible talks about salvation, it's not just talking about your dying and going to heaven. And it's not just saying your sins are forgiven, but it includes deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness in your mind and body. So, so we need to get a bigger picture of when the, word, the Bible says salvation. And again, Romans chapter three, verse 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Now you're justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. You receive anything you receive from God apart from works. It's not by works, it is by grace that we're saved. Want to go back to Romans 10, excuse me, Acts 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The Bible says the people Jesus healed were oppressed by the devil. Now, that does not mean they had a demon. That just means that sin and sickness came into the world through Adam and Eve under Satan's domain. And it was not God's will for there to be sickness. God is not the author of sickness. And but God is the author of healing. He's the author of healing. And Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Don't ever let the devil tell you, God gave you this. God sent this to you. God is punishing you. God is testing you. That's a bunch of baloney. And that's the nice word for it. <laughs> Luke 10, six, well, beginning, excuse me, Luke 10. Luke 13, beginning with the 10th verse. Now he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Now, in this particular case, there is a spirit involved. The reason, now, if, if she had been examined by a medical doctor, they may have said she had curvature of the spine. But the reason behind it was, in this case, actually an evil spirit. But when Jesus saw her, he called her himself and said, woman, you're loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus is healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed in them and not on the Sabbath. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath loose his donkey or his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? Now, first of all, again, notice it wasn't God that had sent this sickness. It was demonic. But notice why Jesus healed her. He said, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, is in part of the Abrahamic covenant 
included healing. But the Bible says in Galatians 3, verse 29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. Just as surely as healing belonged to that woman because she was a daughter of Abraham, healing belongs to you because you're a son or you're a daughter of Abraham. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and you're an heir according to the same promise. You know, we've been talking about healing, but I want to end the message today by praying for you. Now, if you have sickness, you have disease, you have pain in your body. If it's possible, I want you to put your hand on that spot where you have pain in your body right now. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus carried our sicknesses and he took our pain. So we're going to rebuke those in Jesus' name and we're going to believe God for the healing power of God to flow into your body. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against every sickness, every disease, every pain, every demonic oppression on their bodies in the name of Jesus. And I bind you in Jesus' name. And I command you in Jesus' name, disease, sickness, pain, go from their bodies in Jesus' name. You have no right in their bodies. I command you to loose them. Go from them in the name of Jesus. And I loose the healing power of God to flow into your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet to bring health, healing, restoration, soundness in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, if there's something you couldn't do, just begin to do it. Just however much you can, just begin to do it. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. The healing power of God is working in your body. You know, you may be watching today and you're not right with God. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus or you're away from God right now. And you say, Pastor, I really want to get back to God. I want to be right with God. I want to know I'm forgiven. I want to know I'm on my way to heaven. And the Bible says this, that whosoever, that's you, will call on the name of the Lord. That's what we're going to do the way the Bible shows us to. The verse says, will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you will pray this prayer from your heart, when we say amen, you're going to be right with God. You're going to be forgiven. You're going to be a part of the kingdom of God. So I want you to pray this out loud from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I turn my back on my old life and I'm going to live for Jesus. And I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, my past is gone, that I'm now a part of your family, today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, and you meant that prayer, you are right with God, right? I would love it if you would contact us. We want to be praying for you every day for the next month. Right? Also, we have a free book that we want to give you or you can download. Right? We'll send it to you or you can download that book, but we do need you to contact us. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. We love you, God bless you, and keep the switch of faith turned on. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life, and we are so excited for you. 
Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives all around the world with the truth of God's Word. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways that you can give. One, text WBF Give to 1 888 364 Give. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. And three, click on the giving icon in our app. When you choose to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, that money might leave your hand, but the blessing that comes from it will stay with you for eternity. If you or someone you know is dealing with sickness or disease of any kind, here at Walking by Faith, we want to pray with you. We have people standing by ready to do just that. Scan the code on your screen to send us a prayer request or visit walkingbyfaith.tv to chat with someone today. Have a blessed and wonderful week.